prostrate to the mother of the conquerors of the three times, that perfection of wisdom, indescribable by words or thoughts, which does not arise and does not cease, in nature like space, whose objects belong to the individual subject's awareness. I prostrate to the exalted three jewels. The Buddha was residing in Rajagriha at Volchachipi, together with a great assembly of monks and a great assembly of bodhisattvas. At that time, from among the variety of possible meditation objects, the Bhagavan was abiding, absorbed in the samadhi called profound radiance. Also, at that time, the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, was investigating the practice of the profound, perceiving that even those five heaps are empty of inherent nature. Then, by the power of the Buddha, the Venerable Shariputra inquired of the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, how should any son of the lineage train who wishes to engage in the practice of the profound perfection of wisdom? The Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, then declared to the venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, any son or daughter of the lineage who wishes to engage in the practice of the profound perfection of wisdom, should view all things thus, even those five sandhas should be regarded as being, in essence, utterly empty of inherent nature. Form is empty, its emptiness is form. Emptiness is not something other than its form. Form also is not something other than its emptiness. In the same way, feeling and discrimination and composition of factors and consciousness are empty. Thus, the nature of all entities is emptiness. They have no characteristics. They do not arise. They do not perish. They have no impurity. They are free of impurity. They do not diminish, nor do they increase. Because of that, O Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, there is no feeling, there is no discrimination, there are no compositional factors, there is no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no visible form, no sound, no scent, no taste no tangible object, no object of mind consciousness. There is also no I constituent, no mind constituent, up to no consciousness constituent. There is no ignorance, no termination of ignorance, up to no aging and death, nor any termination of aging and death. Similarly, there is no suffering, no cause of suffering, no cessation of suffering, and no path. There is no ultimate wisdom, there is no attainment, there is no lack of attainment. The 
because of that of Shariputra, since there is no attainment, Bodhisattvas abide in reliance upon the perfection of wisdom. Because they abide thus, their minds have no obscuration, and they have no fear. Having completely passed beyond error, they arrive at ultimate nirvana. All the Buddhas who abide in the three times also fully awaken to the highest, the completely perfected enlightenment through reliance on the perfection of wisdom. Therefore, the mantra of the perfection of wisdom, the mantra of vast awareness, the highest mantra, the mantra that is equal to that which has no equal, the mantra that pacifies all suffering, because it is not false, know it to be true. The mantra of the perfection of wisdom is proclaimed. Tadyata, gate, gate, paragate, parasangate, bodhisattva. O Shariputra, a bodhisattva, a great bodhisattva, should train thus in the profound perfection of wisdom. Thereupon, the Buddha Bhagavan emerged from that samadhi and declared to the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, that he had spoken well. Well said, well said, O son of the lineage. It is just that, just as you have taught, so should one practice the profound perfection of wisdom. Not only I, but all the other Tathagatas rejoice as well. When the Bhagavan had spoken, the Venerable Shariputra and the Bodhisattva, the great Bodhisattva, the exalted Avalokiteshvara, together with the entire assembly as well as the rest of the world, comprised of gods, humans, demigods, and spirits, filled with joy, highly praised what the Buddha had taught. Now go to page 
Dharma. May I achieve Buddhahood for the sake of all beings. to page uh, 61 if you have a book uh, we are now finally the first uh, meditation contemplating uh, re uh, renunciation the first verse that uh, Jason Kappa wrote about renunciation is on page 59 there is no way to end. End what? The striving for pleasure, pleasant results in the ocean of life. There's no way to do that without pure renunciation. And why is it that we keep striving for pleasant results in the ocean of life? It is because of our hankering life as well that we are fettered. Okay. So because we are fettered, because we are... What is it that we are fettered? What is it that we are uh, uh, chained to? We are chained to this crazy idea that makes us strive for pleasant results in the ocean of life. Now, what by pleasant results, it doesn't, it doesn't simply mean that you know, uh, once in a while you have a good meal, you shouldn't go look for a good meal, you shouldn't go to have good company. That's not what it means. It is the idea, the unconscious idea, that makes us believe, that gives us a conviction that this place, this way of existing, can actually give us true satisfaction. That the meal can give us true satisfaction. That company can give us true satisfaction the car, the house, the jewelry, the nice clothes, the whatever. These things can give us true satisfaction. And because there is this underlying conviction that they can, that's why we keep striving. That's why we keep seeking for pleasant results in this ocean of life. So until we realize, until we open our eyes and see where we are, we are not going to seek renunciation. It's not going to be the first thing that we seek to renunciate. We're not going to be, it's not going to be the first thing that we seek. Now, go to page 61, the last paragraph, uh, before he gets to the, the next section. The point here is that 
to develop the wish to achieve enlightenment for all living beings, you must first develop a kind of compassion where you can no longer bear to see these beings tormented by the sufferings of life. To develop this kind of compassion, you must develop renunciation over your own situation. You must develop renunciation over your own torment. You must see that you are being tormented by sufferings. For uh, there is no way otherwise you could gain compassion. For it contemplates the situation that others must face. This too, concluded our Lama, is what Lord Atisha meant in his gentle rebuke to us Tibetans. Only in Tibet have they found people with the wish for enlightenment who haven't yet found love and compassion. You cannot really develop compassion and love until you really understand what it is to suffer. And you cannot really get to understand to really what it means to suffer until you just look at your situation. Then, after you have an appreciation of what it is to suffer, what it is like to be tormented by suffering, then you can understand what others are going through. And you can have sympathy for them. Then you can have compassion for them. And build, build, then you build on this compassion. Then you have this incredible state of mind called the wish to achieve enlightenment for the sake of all other beings. And there's no way you can get to this incredible wish until you go through this process. So how do you develop, how do you get to see what the situation is like? So that's what the next, uh, the next sections are about. So the next sections are really stopping desire for this life and stopping desire for the future life. And uh, stopping desire for the future life is a few months away. <laughs> So first we have to contemplate this life. Okay. So first, we have to stop the striving for desire for this life. And after you stop it for this life, and automatically the mind is gonna want desire, is gonna strive for pleasant results in the future life. And after you stop making the mind stop striving for pleasant results in this life, then you also have to make it you have to break that cycle of that mind striving for pleasant results by making it by making it stop striving for in the future life. Okay, and it's, it's not like uh, it's going to be automatic. You have to you have to literally make the mind do it. Okay. So the first section, stopping desire for this life. It doesn't mean stopping uh, uh, not wanting to live. This brings us to the second section of our explanation of renunciation. That is a description of how to develop it. First, we'll talk about how to stop desire for the present life, and then how to stop it for future lives. Stopping desire for this life is the subject of the next two lines of the root text. Leisure and fortune are hard to find. Life's not long. Think it's constantly. Stop desire for this life. It's interesting. That's it. How do you stop desire for this life? Realize that what you've got is precious. And after you realize that what you've got is precious, 
realize that we're not going to have it for long. Keep thinking that over and over again. Okay. And how does this end up with stop desire for this life? It seems to be, doesn't it seem to me that if you keep thinking, oh, how, how great and wonderful this, this life is, wow, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to last long. <coughs> Don't you think that it will make you have desire for this life? No? Yeah. yeah. And when it, whenever uh, they're talking about renunciation and any kind of life, they're talking about samsara. Yeah. Yeah. So leisure and fortune are hard to find. Life's not long. Keep thinking this. Think it constantly. This will help you stop desire for this life. Now let's go into this and let's find out what, what, what Jerry Boche, Jason Gabba is talking about. So first of all, we have, he has to explain what does it mean to have desire for this life. What we mean by desire for this life is this desire for happiness and fame in this life. Where you say to yourself, if only I could get some, if only I could get more of the good things of life than anyone in the world, the best food, sorry, if only I could get more of the good things of life than, than anyone else in the world. The best food, finest clothes, biggest name, and all the rest. So already in there, the comparison more than anyone else in the world. So there's a sense of competition, there's a sense of, of grasping to our own selfish uh, uh, satisfaction. And it's motivating us to get these things. If only I could get more of the good things of life than anyone else in the world. The best food, finest clothing, biggest name, and all the rest. Anyone who hopes to do some spiritual practice must stop this desire for this life. So renunciation is not just for people who go live in a cave and get away from society. If anyone, wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in, in society, if you want to do something called spiritual practice, you must first develop renunciation. And within renunciation, there is this thing where you have no desire for this life. And basically means your main focus as far as what you do is not just to get stuff. It's not just hoping that you're going to find happiness in this life. If you have happiness in this life, enjoy it. But don't let it be the main uh, reason why you behave. Don't let it be the main reason why you act, why you're living. And it's not just to punish yourself. It's, it, it's just that you're only going to disappoint yourself if you do so. And since it's about getting rid of suffering and the cause of suffering, then this is how to begin getting rid of suffering and the cause of suffering. Stop disappointing yourself. Stop expecting this life and the things in it to give us a true sense of satisfaction. Okay. And that is the reason why we have to stop this habit of going after pleasant results in, in, in this life. Okay. So placing hopes in things 
thinking that uh, the polit apolitical system can give us true satisfaction. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't enjoy a good political system or try to have a good political system, but don't put your don't invest all your hopes in it. That it's going to give you some it's going to give you what you're really looking for, a true sense of satisfaction. Don't think borders is going to give you a true sense of satisfaction. Not the bookstore. <laughs> I didn't mean any... Oh, yeah, it is. No, no. <laughs> but it's politically incorrect. <laughs> yeah, they're not in a good situation right now. Yeah. Uh, don't think that the things that you have, the things that you can, the things that you can experience, the things that you can enjoy in this life, don't invest your hopes in them, because they will, you will only be disappointed if you do so. So, in other words, this is saying put your, uh, put your hopes on high. That's not the expression. Hey, my no. Hopes. Put your hopes on higher hopes. things. What? You, you shouldn't have high hopes. Oh, you should, you should yeah, have, you higher should hopes. have higher hopes. Have higher hopes. That's, you should have, you should have, have higher hopes. hopes. You should you have higher hopes. You should you have should higher hopes. Don't have high hopes. What? What did you say? Start over. Who's on first? <laughs> <laughs> What's on second? <laughs> oh, always have them. Yeah. So... So these things that we have, these things that we enjoy, these things that are presented to us in the world, you know, uh, big name, uh, good things, good food, good life, those kinds of things, which the world presents to us, don't put our hopes in them. Aim higher. Okay. okay. So stopping desire for this life doesn't mean don't have desire at all. Because uh, desire is not really something that you can, it's, well, it's not, I was going to say it's not really something you can stop. You can't really stop desire. You, you have to aim it. You have to direct it towards something better. If you stop desire altogether, you, well, you, you become like, uh, I was in the Bible, the Bible says, it's like, you're like, you're like spit. <laughs> no, the Bible says you're like spit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, verse 207, yeah, I think. <laughs> no, so there's something in the Bible that says, uh, those who are neither hot nor cold, I will spit up like, I will spit up. Something like that. <laughs> well, my quotation was better. <laughs> so, not having desire, you can't, if you, if, you, if you are able to stop this energy called desire, like cut it all, all together. You cannot make any progress on the path. You need passion on the path. And you need great passion on the path. So desire, you, sh you should direct it. You should learn to direct it towards higher things. Don't use that energy trying to get things that cannot really give you true satisfaction. Okay. So stop desire for this life means don't aim your desire in, in, in the things that are only going to disappoint you here. So how to stop it? You must contemplate the two steps known as one, the great importance of this life of leisure and fortune, and the difficulty of finding it. 
okay, those two things are, uh, must be together. Okay. First, the first thing is the great importance of this life of leisure and fortune and the difficulty of finding it, as well as, the second one, our impermanence, the fact that we must die. So when your mind is focused only on acquiring these things in this life, then you forget the fact that you're impermanent, you're fragile, you're mortal. And when the signs of mortality uh, 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 get uh, uh, arrive, then you, you get this, you, you freak out. Okay. But if you under if you understand the the facts as they are, then that will help you. Then you will not become dysfunctional when certain thing, things come up. Okay. So these thoughts then will turn back your desire for this life in your mind. You will give up on, on it. The fact that you and I, right now, never do any spiritual practice, nor worse, the fact that we try, and what we do is anything but spiritual practice, is all because of our desire for this life. Free of four loves, that's a, a, a text, the mental training text puts it this way. No practitioner, a person who loves this life. No renunciation, a mind that loves the cycle. Okay. Let's, let's look, back, look at, at this again. The fact that you and I right now never do any spiritual practice. And of course, who is he talking to? Is he out in the middle of the desert somewhere talking to some uh, uh, sheep herders? Like, I don't know, yak herders? <laughs> Yama herders? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's talking to a bunch of monks in a monastery. These are people you would think that no, just the fact that they're there in that place, they're already spiritual practitioners. And he's telling them, you and I, you and I right now, never do any spiritual practice. And I'm sure a lot of the monks would beg to defer. I mean, you wake us up at wee hours in the morning, you make us sit in that cold floor with no cushions, just a little, uh, little piece of cloth for the dingwa, and we recite prayers after prayers after prayers before you even give us tea. And you tell us, are you telling me that we do no spiritual practice? No worse the fact that we try. So every once in a while, maybe while we are reciting the prayers, the thought might come to our mind, why, why am I doing this? <laughs> why are we reciting this prayer? Why, why, why is it I'm not asleep right now? It's not even the sun, I'm not even fully up yet. Why am I awake and sitting on this cold floor and reciting stuff? So every once in a while when that thought comes to your mind, maybe that's, that's trying to be spiritual. So well, but what we do is anything but spiritual practice. So getting up at wee hours in the morning, reciting prayers for hours, that's not spiritual practice? So what is spiritual practice then? And how is it that he says, 
all because of our desire for this life. So just because you're engaging in something that people can look from the people can uh, look at and say, oh, that's what the, that's what the yogis do, and this guy is doing it, so this guy must be doing some spiritual practice. Okay. So it looks like you're doing spiritual practice, but what makes it spiritual practice is what are you aiming for? Why are you doing it? Somebody could be reciting the uh, the practice. The, the the mantra so that they can, so that so that uh, others can, so that they can have others say oh look he memorized it that's what's going in the mind look I memorized it listen to me I'm a great memorizer it's all about intention yeah if in your mind while you're doing these things called spiritual practices and what's really in your mind is something you aim for something in this world, then you're not spiritual. So a spiritual person is somebody who's aiming for aiming beyond the, who's aiming for something beyond the world. Who's aiming for satisfaction beyond the world. If you're uh, 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 what is it, publican, right? Not Republican. Uh, that part in the in the uh, gospel where Jesus says uh, when you're fasting, don't go looking like, you know, oh, you're, you're, you're about to die. So people can say, oh, look at that great spiritual person who's practicing, who's fasting. So you, should, you shouldn't have any look, outside look that you're fasting. And he said, that would be just like the publicans, I told you, the publicans. Pharisees. Pharisees? Pharisees. So that will be just like, the, just like them, okay? So don't do things so that others can look at you and so, so that you can develop, so you can have a good name, so that you can have some sort of satisfaction in this life. So when you're meditating, or just like a, 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 maybe the story is in here somewhere, where there is this, this supposedly renunciate who, uh, who goes to a cave somewhere and he's meditating and, and what, what's in his mind is that, oh, the people out back in the village are thinking that I'm a great man, yogi. Mm. And that's why he's doing it. So he can get a big name. Okay. And this uh, is not necessarily something that you do consciously. That's why you have to let your real motivation come up rather than have some artificial motivation. Of course, uh, uh, sometimes you have to uh, the real motivation, the motivation that is uh, the proper motivation that you should have, will you will have to do it. You have to bring it up artificially, okay? But be before you do that, you have to let your real motivation come up. Why am I doing this? Maybe you're doing this because um, uh, maybe. Uh, I think this is a, a something, especially for us modern people, is uh, escaping the psychological uh, 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 thing, what you might call escaping. Not because you're going towards something, but you're just escaping from something. From something. You're hiding from something, or avoiding something. Okay. And by throwing yourself into some spiritual group somewhere. You're just avoiding the situation, your, your real issue, the real issues. Okay. So you shouldn't do that. And we might, some of us might be doing that without even knowing. 
Uh, you might be doing it because you want to please other people. Because you don't want people not to like you. So if, do, if you do this, then they will like you and you will have the, satis the satisfaction of this like, oh, I'm liked. And your spiritual practice becomes that. And, that's, and that becomes the, the, the goal of your spiritual practice for people to like you. Not that you should make people not like you. <laughs> but but make focusing on that as being the purpose. That's that's not that's not good. That that's not spiritual. Okay. Or you might you might uh, even uh, think that uh, like uh, I'll be I'll be a great scholar. Uh, people will recognize me as a great scholar. I'll be able to write a lot of books. And people will people will, will will see that I am a great scholar, uh, and that's uh, what is called a big name. Okay, your, so the purpose of your practice becomes seeking big name, or uh, my situation right now is not so good. There's power in spirituality. If I engage in spirituality, then my life would improve. I would have a Maybe I can get that house that I always wanted. Uh, maybe I can get that girl that I always wanted. You know, things like that. Then it becomes worldly. Okay. And it, and again, it's not that if you have these things, and and uh, I say good. Uh, good-hearted, good-hearted people, good-natured people. Uh, they're trying to really be spiritual, and when they hear that these are the things that you, you shouldn't, these are the things that should not make the aim of your life, of your spiritual life, then if they have it, they feel guilty for having it. If you, if you're uh, the, the richest person on the planet, the richest person on the planet, does it mean that if to be spiritual you have to, you have to, you know, give give up everything and, and go live in the jungle somewhere? Does it doesn't mean that. It may mean it, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean it. Okay. And if you have the greatest girl, the greatest guy in the world, doesn't mean that you have to give it up. Oh, I can be spiritual. I got the greatest guy in the world. Okay. Some some people actually you know think that way. If if the life is good, they they feel guilty for having a good life. Okay. If you have a good life, keep it. You don't have to throw it away. So the the verse, the two lines from three or four loves. No practitioner, a person who loves this life. No renunciation, a mind that loves the cycle. And when you think of it, as soon as you hear the cycle, you cannot even think of how could anybody have any love for it, right? It seems like this guy is lying. There's nobody in the world who has a love for the cycle, especially if you use the word cycle. You can say love for life, but people don't really, people, you know, people have good time and bad times, and they think, well, that's, that's probably, uh, when, you're, when you get into any form of spirituality for the, uh, and you becoming, you're becoming uh, enthusiastic about, uh, about what you have found, and you want to share with everybody, and then you start probably with your, with your people in your family, you start preaching to them. Uh, and you try to explain, especially if, if you're Buddhist, try to explain Buddhism to them, 
and then you come up with this suffering stuff, and then leaving and renounce, renouncing suffering, you, you get run into a lot of trouble. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no suffering here. Life is wonderful. Right? And, and try to explain to them that their life is suffering. <laughs> uh, why should you should love life? Isn't that what they, and they tell you, isn't that what spirituality is about? About loving life? And you are telling them not to love life. Uh, so that's how Buddhism got this bad reputation of being a pessimistic uh, uh, philosophy. So what, what, is, what does it mean to, to love life? What does it mean to love cycle, love the cycle in this context? Okay. Believe it or not, in the next few paragraphs, it's going to tell you something that seems to be saying love life. Okay. All right. The border that separates spiritual practice from what is not, and the border that separates real spiritual practice from what is not is this attitude of having given up on this life. Having given up on this life. What does that mean? What does it mean to give up on this life in, in, in this context? We should also commit suicide? Uh, aim higher. Believe it. So there is, you must have a, a level of conviction that there is something higher than this. There's something, to, there's something higher to aim for that is, that is not in this life. And uh, what do I call socially minded people might take offense to this. Life is not, you shouldn't be giving up on it. You should go out, engage. So they think that the term "give up on the life" in this life means don't don't engage in society, don't try to improve society. That's what it means. How long has, has we been? Okay. Well, but a few million, at least a few million years have we been on this planet, human beings. And how long have we been trying this thing called civilization? <laughs> We've been trying. We've been trying to get. We've been trying uh, to get this thing working. This thing that we call civilization, and we're still engaged in trying to get this thing <laughs> called, called civilization. We still. We still don't. We still. We are still don't even know. We still haven't figured out borders yet, and we and we and we already uh, think that we have uh, mastered something called nation building. So is it ever going to get better? Are we are we finally going to be able to? Now we have found the perfect political system where every citizen is happy, where there are no more uh, enemies on, at the border, or where you don't have to worry about the enemies at the border, where everyone is. Uh, uh, well off where everyone is uh, that, that's the aim of political systems right are we, oh, is it ever going to happen we would like it to happen Bhutan yeah. 
Now what about Bhutan? Oh yeah, the, the uh, what do you call it, the uh, uh, happiness? happiness. G some, uh, oh, G, G, no, G, 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 the other nations who are not applying those principles. Yeah. You still have people who, are drunk, who get drunk, people who, who, get, uh, who get depressed, people who commit suicide. People who are, you know, still have those things. Okay. So, what does it mean to give up on this life then? We really must understand this term, to give up on this life. And you must understand it in a way where you're not uh, seen or where, where you don't behave in, in a way in society that is dysfunctional. What does it mean to give up on this life? reciting some lines and the world may somewhere meet. But there is no way that practice in the form of giving up on this life will ever meet the world. Isn't that cute? <laughs> in the form of happily practicing, participating in this life. Let me listen to that again. Practice in the form of reciting some lines and the world may somewhere meet. But there is no way that practice in the form of giving up on this life will ever meet the world in the form of happily participating in this life. There's no way you can keep the world and still keep your practice. And I tell you, everybody wants to do that. Why do we want to do that? Why do we want to keep the world in our practice? I think it's the same reason that you have hedge funds. <laughs> Which they have to get, you know, Stockholm or Pandale. You have to give us a pre you don't have enough, on that one. You don't have enough faith. If you had real faith that the spirit, if you saw uh, somebody, if you, if you saw someone who was your your daughter um, mm. on, on the bank of a river, about to possibly about to fall in, you would have real faith in your ability to go and, and help her, and you would do anything mm. to, to get her. You would you make any effort, no matter what it was, mm. to get her. We don't have that same kind of faith that we can achieve a result in, in terms of a dharma. We don't know quite what it is, and we don't know quite whether we really want it either. Especially, like, is it? Do I really want to be this kind of a weird being in a strange mm -hmm. universe? With long, with long years, and yeah. I, I mean, so we don't have a certainty. <laughs> and if we have a certainty, of course, it's like if a kid has a certainty that there's ice cream over there, they're, they're going to work towards that, that goal. If we knew Buddhism was like ice cream over in the cupboard, we 
Ex exactly, exactly. It's in there. There's no way you can keep the world and keep your practice. If we were convinced that what we were looking for in the world actually exists in the spiritual practice, then we make more effort in the spiritual practice. And the reason that we want to keep the world and keep the practice is and there are many, many reasons. And one reason could be that I'm ha I have a little bit of happiness here. It's not perfect happiness, but it's the only happiness I know. That thing you call it, spirituality, so far, the only thing I experience with it is I have to give up this, give this up, give that up. I have to sacrifice. It's a lot of sweat and, and work. And then I'm not going to get the result of this, and, I don't know, not even in this life maybe. But I have to keep at it. Okay. So, you're not, we're not certain that we are actually going to get some sense of satisfaction, any kind of happiness in spirituality. But we, are, we know we've had some taste of some kind of happiness in this world. And a mind that completely wants to get rid of any kind of happiness is a crazy man. Is a foolish man. And we don't want to be foolish, we don't want to be crazy. That's why we, while we are practicing, we hold on to the world. And we let go of the world a little bit, grab on the spiritual practices a little bit more. And then when, when, there's a, uh, when we feel desperate for some sense of happiness, we let go of practice, we go back to the world. We are convinced that we haven't shaken our conviction that there is really uh, uh, that there is satisfaction in the world. Now, what does it mean by in the world? That means we have to you know, go to uh, uh, a nebula somewhere, <laughs> and, and maybe it's this world that's like this. We have to get on a spaceship, travel at the speed of light fasten the speed of light and then get to some other nebula somewhere maybe we'll find a world where we can say oh, there's happiness here what does it mean by the world? you have to think of the world when they say the world here that, that kind of life that is born from ignorance any kind of life wherever you may be in whatever body you might be where the main cause of it is from ignorance is from uh, mental afflictions. Whenever you have that kind of a world, that kind of a, a life, there is no way you can ever experience satisfaction from it. You can do that. She knows what she does. She does a lot.
trying to come up with a, a method here. So you how, how to keep the word. <laughs> 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 
question. No, you're, you're, no, you're, you're giving an answer to how would you would be able to do that. If we were to lose all of them all at once, it'd be okay. 
It'll be okay. I have. Good. And it was okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, at first it was painful. Mm-hmm. But it was almost like it snaps things into priority. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. realize, oh, oh, mm-hmm. right. no, I don't know. Yeah. And it's just how it's just, And so then you start realizing you're seeking something. You're not looking to be superior, you're seeking something higher. Now, th- 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 there is something in that where. Trying to get to be wiser, you're not gonna get wiser. 
might be very old and very stupid. <laughs> and the reason that you became uh, wiser is because you were trying to do it. It's not because you, all of a sudden, no, now you're 65, now you, there it is, uh, be wise. Okay, you're not to do anything. That's true. I've been reading Buddhism for the last 20 years, and suddenly it really becomes real to you. Mm -hmm. Then 
we don't want to think about, we don't want to really look at this life for what it is. Because we want to be happy. <laughs> and if you look at this life for what it is, then you'll be happy. So what this is saying is, and when we don't look at this life, then the, uh, another habit will, will, will just come up. The habit of thinking, the habit that is convinced, oh, there is satisfaction to be found in this life. Things don't deteriorate. Things get better and better and better. We fall into this delusion, this, uh, this, uh, this false belief. And we, we prefer to hold on to it for as long as we can until it's too late. Then we can deal with it when it's too late. But for now, while I'm having my little happiness, I'll keep believing that it's going to last forever. Because I don't think there's anything other, that there is any kind of other kind of happiness I can ever experience. No, we just have this wrong idea. Okay. <laughs> there, there is a real happiness that you can have that you can aim for. And it's not something connected with this. Connected with this. What does it mean by connected with this? We have to look at this as what 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 is this coming from? What is the uh, what is the underlying cause for this what we have? One world view. One world view. Taking grasping. grasping all those things. So there's no way that something that is born from these things can ever give any kind of true satisfaction. And when you realize this, then you can enjoy your coffee, enjoy your whatever that you have, but with the with with not not with a state of mind that is expecting those things to give us any true satisfaction. The one other thing I wanted to say, which it's not specifically dealing with renunciation, but that when you do try to cultivate a, a, a mind that seeks to balance both, mm -hmm. you're trying to balance, you know wrong worldview with correct worldview at the same having them both in the same mind at the same time and thinking that's balancing yeah. but that's not balancing obviously you can't have a wrong view and a right view competing yeah. at the same time exactly. and have a happy any yeah. kind of reasonable existence it's, it's not balancing it's, it's uh, I don't know, insanity yeah it's, it's insanity uh, but I, I want to get into the uh, This, this, what is what is the state of mind that wants the world and future practice? What is it really wanting? It's 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 calling it I want the world and the and the, and the future practice. But it, what is it really wanting? Yeah, you're supposed to be happy. Okay. That's what it really wants. So. Wanting the world and wanting practice, you have to look. You have to look, look and then you have to uh, approach it. Then how do I do it? How do I do it? Means how do I maintain? How do I maintain my happiness when I'm striving for greater happiness? That's what it's really saying. How do I maintain the happiness that I have when I'm striving for greater happiness? Is that possible to do? If you tell someone that's impossible to do then you have to give up. But if you put it couched into these words, the world and practice, it becomes kind of a, um, you know, it's, it's confusing. And if you present spirituality to someone, oh, you gotta give up the world. 
what you read, what the person is really hearing, you got to give up on trying to be happy. Who, who, who would not want to be happy? So when you mention the world, you have to tell them this condition where you are experiencing suffering sometime and a little bit of happiness sometime, this very condition is flawed. And the happiness that you're looking for, it does, it does not exist in it. So the world is that, what they're calling the world here, is that condition where you believe you can be happy, but you can never be happy. It's that condition that promises you happiness, but it cannot deliver happiness. Because it's not in its nature to give happiness. But the happiness you want, it exists. You should strive for it. And what they're calling spiritual practices here is that method of really getting it. So, of happiness in those back when you had that ice cream. Let's say you are a very strange person that that's the only moment in your life you ever experienced anything that would be called happiness. And 24 hours a day or for the rest of the uh, uh, of your life you're not you have no idea what happiness is. But only when you experience only when you eat the ice cream. So your mind will develop the habit of going after ice cream all the time because that's the only experience of happiness that you ever have. But when you just stop, if you're able to separate the happiness from ice cream, so it's not the ice cream that you want, it's the happiness that you want. Is there another way of getting the happiness without the, the, happiness without the ice cream? And the, the first job as a spiritual practitioner is to convince ourselves that the happiness that we experience in the world, in whatever way we experience it, can we experience it without the means through which we once experienced it? If you can convince yourself that you can, then you are a spiritual practitioner, spiritual practitioner and you are now no you're no longer attached to the world. She looked at the ice cream mm -hmm. and reminded her of yeah, the taste, mm -hmm. which you know triggered something in her. 
you're not enlightened and it's younger than us. But I'm just saying. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But so how do we just turn it on? We turn it on to in, in the practice. So you, you, yeah, you, you're directing your mind towards what would be the real source of, of, that, of that happiness that you really wanted, that you had a taste of with the... So, be so it's separating like the how and mm -hmm. the why, like the karma, like the... Yeah, let's take that, let's take the uh, ice cream experience. You, ha you have the ice cream, and let's say you are very lucky, you are happy for, uh, for one hour. watching what's happening. What's happening to the happiness. What's happening to the ice cream. Just keep watching. And you notice that the, ice, the, uh, the happiness is, is going away and other stuff is going coming in. And the ice cream, no, it's no longer there. To continue. still want the happiness. What what happened to the ice cream? What happened to the ice cream? There's less of it. There's less of it, is it? And there, there's a point where yeah, there's none. There's none. Yeah, the point there's none. So your mind still wants happiness. That means the ice cream didn't give it to you. The happiness that you were wanting, that you were supposed to get through the ice cream. If your ice cream give it to you, you shouldn't be wanting it, the ice cream anymore. Yeah, you, you encountered what was supposed to give you. It's like uh, you want a job, and you go to this uh, employer, and you you make you meet, and you get a job. That means okay, now you still want a job, or you still in or should, or you still in a situation where you want a job. No, that's taken care of because the boss really gave it to you. So if the ice cream really gave you happiness. After you made the encounter, you made the exchange, then you shouldn't be wanting happiness anymore. Wow! Yeah. A trailer <laughs> with no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the nature of all these things that we experience, the ice and everything. It's like the boss, you're someone who says, I have a job for you. And you meet that person, and that person doesn't give you a job. You still need a job. You still want a job. You encounter this thing, I'm going to make you happy. And you have the exchange, and you're not happy. You still want to be happy. So that experience itself tells you, this thing cannot give happiness. But we are convinced it can. What do we do? We beat it. <laughs> Give me the happiness, man. <laughs> Give me the happiness, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we eat a tub of it. <laughs> Give me the happiness, man. I know you got happiness in there somewhere. Give me that happiness. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and since it cannot give the happiness, it'll give you something else. <laughs> okay. But since the mind really wants happiness, still wants happiness, 
now you have to come up to a point. Should I force myself to stop wanting happiness? Or that happiness that my mind wants, does it exist somewhere? Where can I get it? When you become convinced that it doesn't exist anywhere, then you become what they call that the, the happiness exists and I'm going to find it. That when I encounter it, it will not be like the ice cream and I'm still wanting it. It will be just like when the person who offers you a job, you are jobless and when that person, when you make the exchange and now you're, you have a job. Okay. So when you, there's this thing that when you encounter it, there's this phenomena, there's this whatever, when you encounter it, you have find happiness and you find yourself no longer wanting happiness because you have it. And when you're looking for that, for that object, then you're spiritual. When you realize that the ice cream, all those fake stuff, all those things that, that promises you happiness, when you realize what, so sort of like you have a recognition of what doesn't give you happiness, when you know them, okay? When you know them, then you have renunciation. Yeah. You think you're doing a transaction, but you're and not. And you're very sincere, and, and you're very sincere, and you're all, all in it. And, and the other uh, uh, thing, <laughs> she thinks she's going to be happy. Yeah. You're getting stiff every yeah. single time. Every single time. Investing your hopes in the world. 
Ah, the young lady, love it. <laughs> so, um, what, is, what is happiness? Ah. That's a very good question. Yeah. If we don't know the answer to that question, that's why we want to keep the world in the practice. Mm -hmm. Not knowing the answer to that question, that's why we don't practice with enthusiasm. What is happiness? We don't know. Yes. Very good. But we must have some idea. Yeah, we have an idea of it. Or else when we encounter things that we thought were giving us that, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be so obsessed. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't be so obsessed with it if we didn't have some inkling. Mm -hmm. Here's a direct, uh, 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 a, a direction, not the answer. Here's a direction. Happiness is when you are ex truly satisfied, <coughs> experiencing satisfaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not satisfaction that sense of not a taste of satisfaction where oh that was satisfying, but it continues. It doesn't end. And to put it in more uh, mystical terms, that's when you fulfill the purpose of being. <laughs> and and the reason for putting it, uh, I'm gonna end now. The reason for putting it in that term, fulfilling the purpose of being. If you are being, you cannot stop. You cannot not want it. Sorry, you cannot you cannot cease to exist, and because you cannot cease to exist, we cannot not want this. It's like uh, asking fire not to glow, not to burn.
Ida Rinpoche, Ida Rinpoche or, or, or Geshe Dagi? Okay. Depending on who's... Uh, is it a event? Huh? Is it a no, it's not an event. It's not an event. Oh, okay. I won't be here and then the momentum of the class will continue. No. Either with Rinpoche or with Geshe Dagi. There is going to be a teaching some Sometimes, yeah. Not this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday is a very uh, special thing. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean you're gonna have Rinpoche or Geshe Dagi. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> little nice little. Okay. All right. So let's. Uh, So next time you use the term give up on this life, there should be a you know, smile on the side of Texas. <laughs>
we are not doing renunciation, we're gonna do well. Let's do this one first, and we're gonna do renunciation. Changchu is is Bodhicitta, and Tibetan for it is Nianjong. Okay, so Changchu first. Changchu Sancho Rinpoche Makhe Panam Chigyoche Kepa Nyamba Nebayan Kone Kondu Nerosho Nenju Sancho Rinpoche Makhe Panam Chigyoche Kepa Nyamba Nebayan Kone Kondu Just with English next time. Okay. May the precious and supreme Bodhicitta arise in those in whom it has not yet arisen. And where it has arisen, may it not decrease, but ever increase more and more. Now replace Bodhicitta with renunciation. May the precious and supreme renunciation arise in those in whom it has not yet arisen. And where it has arisen, May it not decrease, but ever increase more and more. All you have to do is this one I asked you to do. Think this over and over and over again. Okay, thank you. You just have to give your legs a break. We're going to do a meditation. Then, 30 minutes.